once again and welcome to another edition of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast presented by Dream Cricket. I'm your host, Peter Delapena, and on this edition of the podcast, we welcome the head coach of Nepal, also the former head coach of Canada and the USA, Pubadu Dasanayaka, ahead of Nepal's participation in the first half of the T20 World Cup qualifier, which is going to get underway February 18th in Oman. Nepal is one of eight teams competing in that event, and Pubadu was very kind and gracious enough to give us a significant amount of time to talk about his experiences in Nepal, but also thematically for this podcast in the USA, where he spent 2016 through 2019 as the head coach of USA. And we talk about some other parts of his life journey into cricket, starting in Sri Lanka, where he was a test cricketer in the early 90s before migrating to Canada, where he became a dual international representing Canada in international cricket as well and then that's where he got his start as a head coach as well in the associate world so we've got a lot to cover in this edition of the podcast but first i want to thank the newest subscriber to the podcast on patreon liz lynch liz thank you so much for becoming a supporter of the podcast and i appreciate everybody else who has signed up to make the podcast happen on an episode by episode basis if you have not joined already do like lynch did and sign up on patreon there are all sorts of membership levels you can contribute to help make the podcast keep being produced on a regular basis and i appreciate everybody who has done that so far especially liz lynch being the newest patreon for the stars and stripes cricket podcast i also want to thank the title sponsors of the stars and stripes cricket podcast Dream Cricket and Moose Cricket Stadium, the first and original turf wicket facility in the state of Texas. For more information, call 713-534-2195. It's Moose Cricket Stadium in Pearland, Texas. And one more note for this edition of the podcast. Zoom is not idiot-proof. I seem to have forgotten to check off a few of the user preferences on Zoom, so some of you may be happy, if you're watching on the YouTube version of the podcast, that I will not be seen anywhere. I forgot to click the portion where it shows both myself and the guests in the video screen so for this entire episode you will see nothing but Pubadu Desanayak on screen which I'm sure for many Nepal fans out there you will much rather have that than seeing me on screen for any portion of time but anyway that's the reason why that has happened enjoy Today's edition of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast we have a special touring edition of the podcast in Oman where we're joined by Nepal head coach Pubadu Desanayaka just ahead of the start of the T20 World Cup qualifiers in Oman begins on February 18th. Pubadu, welcome to the podcast. Uh, glad to be here and, and thank you for having me. So you're back with Nepal, which is music to the ears of many, many Nepalese fans and associate cricket fans, just to have you back on the scene after spending some time away from the coaching scene upon following leaving USA, but you're back now. You've been back uh, for a few months, your first tour now back in your second stint with the Nepal team. Tell us what the initial experiences have been coming back to a, a place and a team where you're so beloved. Um, uh, there's a lot of differences uh, from, uh, from the last time I was here. Um, uh, like uh, you know, of, of course, 2011 to 15, <clears throat> the time that I was with them, I, I really enjoyed. And um, uh, there was different challenges when you when you're coming from Division Four to the to the you know the Division One. Now it's totally different. Uh, the few years that I wasn't there, uh, I, I I thought when I when I uh, went back in December, 
it was quite different. I mean, it's a, it's a, the player's point of view and and uh, and all the whole setup is, is different. So um, my challenges are different from 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 the past for sure. And uh, and the positive side is like you know I mean as usual the, enough talent, enough uh, you know a good playing group uh, to bring this uh, forward. So that that's my uh, positive side of it. So I'm always happy to take my positive side and move move forward. I'll tell you what else is different: the the gray hairs that are growing on your beard. <laughs> that that that's what's uh, you know uh, about to happen anyway because you know it's just that uh, uh, you know when you work for this long for it as say cricket uh, I would have expected more gray yeah <laughs> yeah you've you've been on the scene for quite some time and now as you said the challenge is is very different compared to the first time around Nepal as you said taking them from Division Four to Division One this time around they're already in the elite tier of associate cricket as part of the Cricket World Cup League Two competition. And your first task comes even before playing the ODIs that have already been underway in that competition with Nepal T20 World Cup qualifier. And you come at a time where there's been a whole lot of changes and a whole lot of things happening on and off the field in Nepal. Right before you arrived, the transition to a new captain, there was a, a whole lot of controversy uh, really right before you arrived with Gian Andramala being stripped of the captaincy and then some of the players threatening to not play before you arrived, Sandy Blamichani is appointed as captain. So you walked straight into a baptism by fire of sorts in your, in your second stint. But these are things not entirely foreign to Nepal cricket for people who've been following Nepal over the years. So just the atmosphere that you walked into what has it been like for you to try and get everybody back on the same page after all the events that unfolded right when you were about to enter the job for the second time? Um, uh, like uh, for, for me, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, and I, ha ha how I worked and, and then I, uh, how I want things to be done. Uh, just like, you know, just want to bring everything uh, like a transparent and honest system. Um, you know, whatever we do, uh, I think like, you know, that be, that have helped my, whatever the success that I had in the past in, in all three countries that I handled, handled uh, transparency and honesty, I think I, I put that, you know, the highest, the top two, three things that if I, if I want to do it in, in, in you know, uh, to bring some changes into Nepal cricket. Uh, say, there's so much of positive things like, you know, <clears throat> when I left, I had lots of issue with the Cricket Association. Uh, but now I think um, uh, the after the suspension uh, from and and uh, uh, Nepal Cricket Association has organized pretty well, and uh, and and there is a cricket manager, there is a general manager in place, and so the things have been um, pretty settled there from the administration point of view, uh, and um, uh, but I just want to like you know be the bridge between the players and and the association and the administration. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that they, they, not, has, nothing has gone really wrong. It's just that uh, uh, lots of misunderstandings, I would say. And it, it, it's, it's not that hard to, you know, bring things together. Uh, but overall, like, you know, I mean, I, we, I did a lot of work with the, with the players to understand the, the, the bigger picture of how the playing, what, what are the responsibilities of the playing group? And then 
how we 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 had to react to the things around us. So we did a lot of workshops. Um, I, I'm sure. Uh, the, I mean, I'm not expecting everybody to be in, in line right away, but I think the majority, I think, you know, other understands. And, and then once we start doing well on the field, I'm, I'm sure all these other little things around it also will, will settle down. And, and I think we will have a very strong uh, side moving forward. Uh, there's a lot of cricket coming. As you know, there's so, like, there's so many cricket fans, like Nepali fans follows this and they, they really, you know, have a passion like you know for the Nepali cricket. So we, as a team, we we actually owe them to perform the best at, the, at on the field. Uh, so um, once we start understanding the whole, like you know, the structure and and the responsibilities, I, I'm I'm confident that we can you know bring bring the whole thing into the right path and then the and and build that into into a different level. One other question about recent events um, before moving on to some other topics, and we'll talk about the T20 World Cup qualifier a bit more later on, but I guess the last question in terms of right now, your performance in the quad series, your first series back in charge, you start off with the win against Oman, and then you lose to the UAE in a very tight loss as well to Ion, but very competitive performances, you would argue, in all three games. Besides the Pendersing Aries performance, which was outstanding throughout the series with both bat and ball and in, and in the field, um, what else stood out to you about some of the newer phases that have emerged to take on leadership roles, whether a name or just by performing with bat and ball that has impressed you the most since your first time in charge? Um, the the more, most satisfaction for me was like, you know, the, how the bowling group uh, came up. I mean, if you see, if you have seen, they are not like, you know, the, 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 the old, uh, I mean the, the the players who have uh, used to be like you know current cases Sompal who were basically running the fast bowlers department for the last few years and and we both we don't have both of them in here um, and um, uh, the the three seamers actually really stepped up and I think they are ready to go in this tournament and they will trouble any 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 batting uh, unit uh, the way that they they are bowling and of course we have Sandeep as a top spinner and then and then few few uh, part-timers like uh, uh dependra and them like they're actually i can't i can't put them as a part-timer they're dependra whatever you, you've given to him he is just taking it and and performing at the best uh so the 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 best i'm the like if you ask me the the most most satisfied uh, uh, thing that i've seen in these last three four days was my bowling unit it has really you know come up and, and and the batting when it comes to the batting also like you know we were short of my um, two games we were short of 20 20 runs around 20 runs margin i'm not that worried about it because there's so much of talent in this group it's just that um, we need to learn to finish the games uh, uh, we need to you know learn to uh, have good starts and how to control the middle and then you know finish a game i, I think we were exposed to the maximum and which i really wanted to ha happen if you would have won, I mean, of course, I would have loved to win. But uh, once you lose, also, uh, you actually leave a lot of pressure onto into the batting unit. That yeah, we need we need to you know step up a bit more. So I would like to actually personally, if you ask me, I really like where we have we are in, in uh, we are where we are in, in at the moment because uh, the pressure is on, capability is there, 
we just need to you know do a bit better uh, when when the tournament hits uh, i want to go back a little bit to just your start getting into cricket in sri lanka growing up in sri lanka your role models how you got into the game take us through how it all began for you growing up as a kid there uh, i was i studied uh, in one of the top schools in 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 colombo uh, and i'm fortunate like you know without knowing because of my brother i got into cricket uh, when i was 9 years old and uh, from from that age i'm just uh, focus on cricket more than anything else um and and um, when i was around the 16 17 i was i had a real dream that i really wanted to play for the country um i may not the most talented player even even in at my school uh but uh, because of the passion that i had i i really forced things to me and you know until i achieved that so um that's how you know i was able to uh play for sri lanka and the other thing i i'm very blessed like you know i'm i'm blessed to uh the one era that sri lanka is in sri lanka i got involved in sri lankan cricket uh, when in in um, late 80s where sri lanka is has a, had a top team but we were not in compare in the compare to the other teams in the world we were we were losing every game we were we were competitive but we were we were losing games and uh, so so the early 90s the sri lankan whole transition happened and and start believing that uh, uh, in the in the international arena we can beat teams we we are also good in that uh, level and then the 96 after the 96 uh, winning the 96 world cup and from there onwards like you know we got the belief of uh, becoming a top team so whole that whole that time period i was part of it and i'm blessed for that because i i think uh, even for my coaching Uh, that has a big effect uh, because of uh, uh, i was like i have seen the lowest i have seen the highest in sri lankan cricket so that actually can i i have enough uh, e- uh, examples to give even in associate cricket when i talk things uh, to motivate things and and uh, and show some parts to the, some of the players so uh, yeah i'm i'm blessed with my uh, cricketing career that i had in sri lanka you mentioned the schools playing cricket in schools schools cricket is a, is a big thing in sri lanka um what school did you go to i went to ds senanayaka college and, and there are a lot of cricketers been born from that school uh, uh, aravind de silva ashanti lakaratna uh, myself navid nawaz there's a lot of play- i mean about six seven players who have represented the country um yeah this is one of the top schools in in in, in sri lanka and did you have anybody else in your family who was a cricketer i mean where it was your dad or anybody else any other relatives or was this something that just you and your brother took up because of the growing emergence of cricket's popularity in the country in general yeah my, my father has played a bit of cricket um, and um, and then i think that's because of that my my uh, brother got in got involved he also didn't continue after i think under 15 uh, i don't think he played after that Uh, but i got into his cricket because of him and then i i i just continued and this is a time frame like you said late 80s where they had just just moved from associate to test status but as you said sri lanka at the time was losing most matches the fact that they won the 96 world cup i think for people nowadays it's hard to put into context how shocking it was the result because it really came out of nowhere 
So in that time frame, playing for the Sri Lanka team in that kind of early 90s era where there was a lot of adversity to deal with on the field and off the field because uh, things were starting to deteriorate in the country in terms of the stability and the security situation there. What, uh, in your eyes, was the biggest example of adversity that you felt you had to overcome, whether as a player or on a personal level? The, I mean, the, the, when you talk about the national team, there was so much of talent was there. And, uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm blessed to be part of that whole group. Um, we were like, you know, uh, slowly building up. And then, you know, by 96, if you take, you know, to the, the top order of, of the national team, uh, everybody has played around 150 ODIs and, and even the bowling, even the bowling unit was a bit younger, but, uh, but it's still like, you know, we had a, you know, set bowling attack, but for us to come in, in that period, like, you know, we had a lot of challenges, like, um, um, the country situation, the, like, you know, there are many tours being canceled because of, uh, the war that we had in the country, it, it, it was very challenging. And, and, um, so sometimes like, you know, we, 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 there were, we don't, we don't know sometimes like, you know, which way the things were going uh in in some some time periods uh, uh, but cricket was one of the things that the whole country was admired and and um, following so uh, that's like also like you know we were actually uh, motivated like you know to to play this game hard uh in in that in that time period uh, but there, it was challenging at, at one time in in the with the country situation you made your debut, your international debut was your test debut. You played tests before you played ODIs for Sri Lanka. In total, you played 11 tests, 16 ODIs for uh, an international cricket, starting with Sri Lanka. And that debut came August 25th, 1993, the first test against South Africa. And that was at Morutala. You were under the captaincy of Arjuna Ranatunga and you batted at eight. You were the starting wicketkeeper in that match. What do you remember most about your international debut? Um, like, you know, that, that was a dream come true for me. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I was, even though I, I played my first test in 93, I, I was in the squad from around the 1989, four years. Like, you know, we had four wicketkeepers uh, in in thirty man squad, like you know, for four years we were training. Uh, all the other three actually got opportunities before me. Gamini Vikramasinghe, Ashley De Silva, current uh, CEO of uh, cricket, Sri Lanka cricket, and then of course uh, uh, Ramesh Kalvitarna. Four of us, we were training hard, and um, and of course Hasan Tilakaratna also was there. He he also kept many games at at that time, and I was just working hard and and just hoping one day I'll get, I'll get my opportunity. Um, uh, but um, uh, everybody got uh, the, the, the breaks before me. And even uh, just before that 93 World Cup, uh, sorry, 93, uh, the, my first debut, um, Ramesh Kalvitar got his break to, to come into the test team. And, and actually he scored 100 in the debut. So many said that I, I will never make it to the team because he's he, he's just one year older to me and and uh, and uh, he is going to play for a longer period uh, but i was I, I i was i don't want to believe that because um i i worked too hard 
to be in that place and I just continue to work hard, uh, score a lot of runs during, I mean, in the domestic cricket uh, and, and kept well to, you know, find a place. And, um, uh, and then, you know, the day came uh, uh, when South Africa came in and, and uh, they first elected me to, for the, to play the three-day uh, side game, warm-up game and uh, in goal. And uh, in that game, I got six uh, uh, victims behind the stumps. So that may be the uh, thing that uh, selectors thought uh, to bring me into the test squad and got the opportunity to play. And uh, yeah, of course, like, you know, that I will never rem uh, forget that day for any cricketer playing, getting your debut, playing your debut uh, is, uh, is a memorable day. And, and that test was like, you know, we were about to win as well. It would have been nice with the win, but uh, on, the, on the fifth day, John Tiro scored 100 and avoided our win. I mean, it was went to a draw, um, but it was fantastic uh, memories and, and uh, uh, yeah, fantastic time. What gave you uh, the most pleasure throughout the day? Just getting your debut cap, having a debut cap handed to you, scoring your first runs over the course of the match, or later in the match came a few days later getting your first dismissal in test cricket um i actually like you know i i, I was the specialized wicket keeper those days like you know in test cricket uh, they don't not that they, they don't worry but mainly like you know the keeping comes first like you know for the for the test wicket keeper and uh, my my first catch uh, uh, was my memorable i think uh, that you know in that test match um, uh, Andrew Hudson caught uh, down the leg side of uh, Chandika Hathru Singh. Um, that was my first catch. And uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I, I had a great feeling. Take us through that. You sit down the leg side. So did you have to dive for it? Or you, were your, was your footwork good enough that you just took it standing up, shuffling side to side? How did it happen? Uh, no, I, yeah, I just had to shuffle side to side. I mean, it's, it's just a very small nick. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chandika Hathru Singh also not the quickest. He's just a medium pace bowler and... Um, um didn't didn't have to do, work hard to take that catch it just that nicely moved up moved, moved to the smooth sideways and uh and caught it one of the other things that stands out about the you mentioning you were picked as a specialist wicket keeper more so for than for your batting is the fact that you're coming into the team and you have to keep them early in your debut test now you said you had been in and around the squad so i'm assuming you would have kept to him in the nets to build up some familiarity with him but and i'm not sure if, if you would have kept uh for him any other place before making your test debut but what was it like for you trying to keep wicket to morally um morally and i go a long way like you know we we we, we have played uh, against each other in school cricket as well um he's one year younger to me actually uh, and then he also, Murali also, one of the guys who was in the that, in that national squad from eight, around '89, and uh, both were, we were we were school school cricketers, and so we we had a good good bond and and played um, rough cricket, and 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 even the Sri Lankan provincial um, system, uh, we we played in the same team. Uh, I'm from Central District and uh, Central Province, and uh, Murali also from from Central Province, so we played together. Uh, yeah, saw him from from the from the younger days growing, and uh, so never had a, never had any issues of picking his hands uh, uh, behind the wickets. You got three stumpings off of him, and then actually the next Test match you played against South Africa, 
that was at the SSC in Colombo. So if you say you don't have any trouble, what, what is the key that was so easy for you that made it so hard for so many other international teams that came up against him? Uh, I mean, to, to be honest, Murali, Murali was not boarding the Dushra at that time. He was basically started developing slowly. And I think he came late 90s only that he started like bowling the Dushra in international cricket. Um, uh, but uh, the, 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 the test matches that I kept against him, like he was turning one way or spin. And uh, he's, even though he was turning square, but um, um, he just one way turn. So uh, I didn't have any, much of, much of uh, any issues. And it just that um, off the pitch, he's very uh, nippy. It means like he quick, the ball um, travels hard, hard, even though we see him as a spinner, flight in the ball, uh, the ball off the pitch balls comes through harder. So you just had to, you had to watch and get into the line. Um, yeah, never had any issues with his uh, yeah, with him. And I basically enjoyed, um, I mean, uh, the all the test matches that I, I played, um, morally basically bowling, you know, 50 plus overs. Uh, I mean, uh, the fast, uh, in test matches, we always like, you know, fast bowlers uh, uh, in eight, 10 overs, we, they're done and and then the spin attack starts and morally from one end to the uh, the, the end of the end of the innings he's bowling uh, so got used to him uh, so much you said you were teammates with him you knew him through schools cricket and district cricket you've always come across to me as a pretty mild-mannered pretty quiet guy who aside from the cricket just likes to live a pretty relaxed life merrily we've heard many stories that he just loves and talks cricket nonstop cricket 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 never shuts about cricket he's the last guy if you're looking to have a nap on the bus you don't want to be sitting next to him because he just is going to chew your ear off talking about cricket what was it like for you uh off the field with Murley? yeah it's, it's a it's a great character for sure i mean uh, uh, we had great times uh, especially when we were playing together in the in the in the central province um uh, to those tournaments, like you know, we we spend, we go into the uh, you know, especially the games were games happen in Candy, and uh, he used to invite us into his home. They had uh, he had some great parents, like you know, they were very welcoming. Whoever comes to their place, uh, yeah, the, like you know, I think that his character is where he always like you know, his um, his ears are out always and. Like you know, so much focus, uh, whatever he does. So uh, I think that makes uh, he, uh, you know, that's actually contributes for his performance. You talked about being in and around the squad for several years before you eventually got your debut, and then you played your last match December '94, but you were still floating around the squad, and potentially had a chance to be part of the World Squad Cup squad in '96, but you didn't make the cut. And of course, they go on to win the World Cup in '96. Take us through that part. I think this is something that I've, I've found fascinating talking to various athletes inside and outside cricket over the years, handling the little bit of rejection and how it impacts their future career and or just looking into other things inside and outside cricket. And it's especially, you find it makes better coaches in some ways because uh for a player like uh gavaskar or a holding or even a, a tendulkar or warren where 
everything comes easy. They're the best they've ever done. It, it's very hard for those guys to kind of relate to players who have had to deal with rejection and had to deal with setbacks that those guys just never experienced and they don't have any concept to relate to. So from your standpoint, just t- take us through that experience. What was it like being told you were not part of the World Cup squad and and also seeing the team win the World Cup? Uh, I would imagine and for some people, there's a, a dueling kind of mindset of like, oh, I want my country to win, but God, this sucks that I can't be a part of it. Uh, I wish I was there. So first being told you weren't part of the World Cup and then the whole journey of watching the World Cup, knowing that you wanted to be there and be be able to experience and contribute but being unable to do that what was that whole time frame like for you um like that, that's that's a that's a, that's a tough experience that you any cricketer going going through especially when you are when you get dropped um from the side and um um like like i said at the beginning like i i always worked very hard i, I was not the most talented but i can say that i was the Number one wicketkeeper that time, but uh, with with the batting, when it comes to batting, I was uh, I, uh, I I actually neglected uh, the batting side because my, my focus was too much on on the keeping. Uh, and uh, the funny part is like um, the things that I know now as a coach. If I knew uh, half of these things that when I was playing, uh, definitely I would have, it would have helped me to play more years uh, for the country. But 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 again, like you know, um, uh, especially when 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 you come through come in South Asian countries where cricket crazy, everybody follows everything that we do. Um, you know, you, you, even if you miss a catch on one of the day one day uh, in a in 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 a in a big game, you meet hundred people and they ask the same question: How did that happen? Um, and and you cannot get frustrated. You have to answer those hundred people same same way. Uh, I mean, for somebody you, you you will hear from one time from me, but I need to I have to repeat for more more than hundred people. So it was not easy. Um, it, it was not easy um, uh, set up. Uh, but I think, I think uh, every cricketer, uh, you know, every international cricketer in in uh, sometime some part of your life has to go through that um, because uh, you know no one. Is going to, uh, you know, un- unless if you are if you are super talented and you are consistently playing at the highest level, uh, uh, you you have to go through these things. And and um, uh, as you said, like you know, when it comes to the coaching, also I, I, I it really helped me to understand uh, uh, the every player's like you know men- mentality and. Uh, uh, what you need to do if you are a ta- if you are average player, if you, what you need to do if you are a high high talented player, um, and and how those mentalities work, like you know how their thinking works. Um, I I as a as a cricketer I went through, and um, even though I was not thinking of coaching after cricket uh, at that time, uh, when when I look at look back now, there's so much of things that I I went through and. Uh, it really helped me uh, to be who, who, who I am at right now. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a challenging world. I think I think if you are a cricketer, I think I think I mean it's I I I I, I don't think that we have to get emotional about it, but um, it, it's part of your career for any cricketer. The '96 World Cup experience for you, though, being somebody who was around the squad 
not being able to be part of the squad though how did you process that experience as it was happening in the time i was not surprised that i i was in the 30 squad but i i, I was not uh, surprised that i was i wasn't in that squad because uh, kaluta always was in front of me for the shorter version and and i was in front of him for the for the longer version but i i i tried my best to be in that uh, camp I means like you know the in the in the squad um, but uh, yeah they had one only one wicket keeper but but as a, as a player as a, as a as a human you you want to be there and that heat always going to be there when you watch games and and like you know sometimes when you just miss it it's very hard to take but but um, whatever said and that we all enjoyed uh, the winning the world cup and um, and the 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 transition that happened after uh, the world cup money coming into the country i mean the kashishan cricket board and that and um, the payments uh, structures went high uh, got more facilities get got better coaches coming in um, so all these things i i i witnessed being being a part of that uh, whole setup so uh, even though as a player that i would really like to be part of playing group um uh i don't regret to be in, in the looking i mean very staying very close to that system and uh, and experiencing it what was the biggest thing that you benefited from in terms of the whether it was the greater professionalization of cricket after the world cup or just financial rewards anything else um infrastructure improvements what was the number one thing that you felt you personally benefited from as a result of the national team set up as a whole following the 96 world cup win i think the 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 cricket fans respect went really like you know from from 50 to 100 with no time winning that world cup uh, uh, we were all respected even though we were not playing we were not in the playing group the 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 people who are around that team was well respected uh, around the system um and the sri lanka cricketing system totally uh, changed from there where uh, you know these the, the mercantile uh, like you know where the banks and and all these ma- main organizations like you know they start hiring cricketers uh, and and every even you don't have to be a national player uh, there was if you are a good school cricketer even up to today the jobs are guaranteed like you know you you as soon as you get out from the school you get a job uh, playing cricket basically uh, even though you work to a, you you work in a company uh, so there's many companies came through and you know the the public and and the, the private uh, organizations really help to grow cricket in sri lanka and uh, and then the the other facilities like i mean we didn't have a like before 96 i would say we didn't have proper physios proper trainers and all these those systems came into place with the money that came in uh, so he's a huge transition for sri lankan cricket at that time and uh, and then still it continues from there so yeah i'm i'm very glad to be part of that uh, transition period the closest you came to getting one more chance at international cricket would have been right around 1998 you played for Sri Lanka A against an England A touring squad. Mahela Jayawardena was in that Sri Lanka A team. Russell Arnold was in that uh, Sri Lanka A team and then on the other side it was captained by Nick Knight. 
uh, Andrew Flintoff, always Shaw, Ashley Giles were all in that England A team. Uh, at what point did you feel like that window was beginning to close on a possible recall? Was it then or was it some other point in time where you felt like you had one more shot? No, I, I thought that uh, after that England to uh, England A team to uh, it was a full packed game. Um, Holyoke brothers and Nick Knight, um, full pack, uh, top top England A team. Uh, we visited Sri Lanka, and um, so I got the opportunity to play the Test match, and and uh, I had to play uh, like a match saving innings on the second inning. So I got a fifty in the second innings to save the like a follow on and and set up a target in the second innings. Even though we lost the game uh, because we actually made a declaration to make the things interesting on the fourth day and uh, and the England they got the score, but uh, I batted well in that game and you know kept well. And then even the th three three ODIs that we had uh, against um, England A, um, uh, I was actually scored runs and I was able to win win one game also. Uh, I mean chasing at the uh, at, uh, some runs at the end. Uh, so, uh, so Sri Lanka to Sri Lanka team about to towards Africa in two three months after that tour. So I, I came so close, and um, of course, uh, Kalvitana was the number one choice, and uh, and uh, there was a dis discussion about taking two wicket keepers in, on that long tour. But for some reason, last minute they changed, uh, uh, and uh, they they came up with saying the selectors came up. Saying that it's just one one wicket keeper they are taking on 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 that tour, so I missed that tour. Um, I I thought if I had opportunity to break in at that time, I would have still play, play more, few more matches for the country. Um, but then I continued to play first class cricket from. I mean, I did not that I I gave up uh, playing, um, but uh, that was my actually the the closest I came uh, to get back. Kept playing for a couple more years, and then after Cal with Rana, Kumar Singhikar emerges on the scene, and everybody knows the career he had. Being content with reconciling the fact that you're going to be a first-class cricketer for the rest of your career, no matter how hard you try to, to break back into international cricket, what is that like, just mentally? And and how, yeah, how do you wrap your head around that? That this is your fate, you're going to be a first-class cricketer, and how much of that factored into your decision to eventually migrate to Canada? Um, in the Sri Lankan system at, at that time, uh, when you when you hit your 30s, like um, uh, all these top, even top cricketers at that, that, that time period retired, and we, we treated like, you know, if, you're if you hit 30, like, you know, you're kind of old to for the country and or some of these top players like Roshan Mahanam, uh, Arjun Rantunga, they all like you know retired um, early 30s and uh, the, some of the guys like uh, Sanat Jayasuriya and them like who played uh, until the late 30s um, that happened after that so I uh, was around 30 um, I knew that it's not easy to, for me to get, get back to the national team so, but I, I continued to play cricket and at the same time I, I started coaching. I started actually coaching for my, my, my own school, uh, the, the first level under 19 team. Um, one year I was coaching them and then um, never planned to come out of the country. But um, then I got an offer from um, 
Centurion Cricket Club in Toronto to come and play, have, come and play a season. Uh, that, uh, that year, actually, I was actually looking to play some club cricket in England. Uh, but uh, for a wicketkeeper batsman, it's not easy to get into club cricket in England because they're always looking for all-rounders who can bowl and bat both. So, uh, so I was disqualified there. Um, so um, then I got this opportunity to play in Toronto and I thought, why not? I, I'm just going to play a season and see how things go there. So I retired in 2001, uh, first-class cricket, and, and then uh, came to Canada not to, not, not to stay, just to play and, 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 and go back. But then, then after that, the different things happen. Centurions, for people who don't know, Centurions is a heavily Sri Lankan influenced club. Most of the ethnic Sri Lankan players who are in Canada are tied to Centurions. So the fact that there was this Sri Lankan community, the Sri Lankan diaspora in that part of Toronto, when you got there, were you surprised to see how thriving it was and to what extent did then after you got there and seeing how much support system you would have if you if you wanted to stay how much did that influence your decision to for you not just to stay but uh, to convince your wife and everybody else in your family to come yeah like um, um uh, so once i once i got into the first season i was i was actually surprised the standard that they had you know in that uh, toronto district tournament where uh, all the clubs are very competitive, and uh, more than competitive, I would I, I found that the the conditions are challenging to uh, you to perform. You know, sometimes most of these grounds are a bit heavy, heavy grass. You you cannot play proper cricket shots to score runs, so you had to find different ways to score runs. And every team had one or two uh, former players from either Caribbean or or, or from you know uh, Australia or South Africa. Uh, and and then the the, the 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 teams are so passionate to win that tournament, uh, and it's a it's a six months long, long tournament, um, so it's a it's kind of a new experience to me. And uh, and that year, and we, we became centuries became the champions, and um, yeah, I enjoyed every bit of it, and and uh, the especially the the club members who have supported me, and and at the same time, um, uh, the uh, personal challenge that I had because. I came as a test player, uh, international player, so there was a lot of pressure for me to perform as well. So it's a combination of um, uh, things there, and and and, and I, I think it helped me to uh, uh, go into a different direction. You talked about all the cricket things there, but in terms of off-field considerations, not just what was happening in Sri Lanka and, and the deteriorating situation with the war in the country, but also just for some people, it can be hard, even though war is happening hey it's still home this is my home i'm not leaving home when you get to toronto and specifically with the club and you get a sense that hey you're not just going to be the only sri lankan in a very big country and there's all these other people there to support you aside from the competitive cricket aspects that you would be able to maintain how much of an impact did all the off-field support systems in canada help influence your decision to migrate to canada permanently yeah, I'm. I'm very uh, again, like you know, glad and and blessed to be part of Centurions because that it, it like a, it has a family environment where uh, if you are a Centurions, like you know, basically you are a, you are a lifetime Centurions because uh, every there's there's a huge community uh, is involved and and uh, whether it's a job or whether it's any other help or whether anything you name it, um, 
there somebody is there to uh, help you and um, so, so one of the so few of the friends that i made in that club um, uh, you know i i didn't even have in sri lanka that 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 much of close friends and people who have helped me in that time period and especially when somebody we coming alone and staying six months um, uh, i didn't have that experience before i've never been out uh, out of the out of sri lanka uh, except for with the national team um, so coming in to stay in that six months and and uh, and uh, like you know they they never i never felt that i'm outside the house they were very, very well taken care of me and and every in every aspect and and uh, then then my 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 wife and um, uh, kid also i had one kid at that time and they also visited during that uh, uh, six months and I was able to see see the canada around and and actually they are the one my wife is the one that made the call saying that i think this is the place that uh, we want to be and you know because of the kids kids future and and her future and everything so basically my career was uh, almost a cricketing career was almost done in sri lanka so i it was a it was a it was a good choice to make at that time your wife was very supportive not just supportive but sounds like she's the one who actually wanted to come maybe even more than you did uh to canada you you wind up staying in canada and you say you you thought your your cricket career was basically done in sri lanka and yet you come to canada and you have a second life in your career it wasn't just playing club cricket eventually you qualify on residency and we're still performing well enough that you made your debut for canada so you became a dual international you make your canadian debut in 2005 in the summer of 2005 that was the summer of the icc trophy tournament in ireland so you were an instrumental figure in helping Canada qualify for another World Cup, the 2007 World Cup that wound up being played in the West Indies. Take us through that experience. The fact that at one point, I'm sure you thought your international career was over and you were transitioning to life in Canada. Yes, playing club cricket, but um, I remember you telling me if your job, your day job, you worked for the Toronto Cricket Skating and Curling Club, which for people who don't know is not primarily a cricket club. There's Olympians training for figure skating there and swimming and all sorts of other stuff that's and curling curling is in the name um so there's all sorts of stuff you were working there as an employee of the club and um I would imagine cricket playing for Canada was was not really on your mind so how did it come about then once you qualified take us through that process of of who approached you or or how the conversations went and to figure out whether or not you were still interested in, in uh, going on international tour again. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm surely like, you know, uh, to, to be honest, like I, I, in my playing career, I was on the downhill um, because, uh, you know, you, you know, the, the North American life, you know, it's not easy to practice um, uh, regularly. Uh, you know, when 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 I'm back home, we were practicing five six days a week with uh, you know four five hours sometimes a minimum a day, uh, and then we we came I mean, I came to Canada and and they are proudly said that we are practicing two days a week like two hours a day. I was like uh, uh, it, it was not basically nothing to me, um, comparing where I came from and and uh, and then you know what what do I do in other days? It's, it was not easy to. I have that transition period where um, 
and especially when you get when you when you go through a winter also uh, the motivational level also pretty down to you know get into a run outside or or going even outside to, like you know to find a gym and do work so um but then again like you know uh, my, my, the, the playing for centurion was my number one thing because we i i i was given that responsibility i got the i they they, they gave me the captaincy as well in the next 2002 season and we were winning basically every year uh, the the main tournaments and and uh, we uh, I, i really enjoyed that time period in, in 2001 to 2005 uh, the, the time that i played for centurions won many tournaments many trophies for the for the club uh, but never expected uh, to to uh, go and play international cricket again um, so when when uh, when 2005 qualifier came in and i think Ashish Bagai was still playing as a youngster at that time, and uh, for some reason he couldn't make it to that 2005 qualifier. And uh, so, so then the board turned turned to me and said, like you know, they need the wicketkeeper and they need my experience also in in, in that tournament. And I I would say that uh, more than from runs and wickets or runs and uh, wicket teams, um, uh, my contribution more of from my experience, uh, and I I got. I was able to help uh, the the whole team and 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 won few few games, just enough to uh, qualify. Um, yeah, that's how I got in, and then um, I just continued to play another year uh, for for Canada. I was captaining the the uh, Intercontinental Cup for, as well, uh, four day game, uh, and then uh, uh, the the. Uh, having, I mean, associate cricket, as you know, there was no money that uh, you can take home to take care of your family uh, from cricket. So you will have to work. Uh, so I, I was not, uh, I was not uh, managing well that part. So I, I thought that I just need to continue my um, uh, work. And if there's anything on the side, if I had to play, uh, I will play. But uh, main focus was to work uh, and 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 bring. Uh, what what you need home like you know to take care of the family uh so that that's what that's the day i decided that even i need to stop uh, playing uh, international cricket at least and for context for people who may not be aware or just may not remember talk about being away from home and trying to balance work as and cricketer as an amateur so that tour the icc trophy tour that was in ireland in 2005 you guys left in mid june uh, to play some warm-up games in England. And then the last match was not until July 11th. So, or at least for Canada anyway, the last match that you played was July 11th. So that would have been uh, close to a month-long tour where you're having to forego paychecks. This is the pre-professional era in Canada. And it's it's a lot different to, I think, what people expect or take for granted in a lot of the top-tier associate countries who are part of Cricket World Cup League, too, whether it's Scotland, Canada, USA, excuse me, not Canada, whether that's uh, Scotland, Nepal, USA, Oman, Netherlands, who are part of the Super League, but still that makes them a top-tier associate as well. Namibia, you don't have that. so. In terms of what exists now versus what was existing as a player then, what are the biggest differences that you can you can pinpoint between what you observe 
and experience when you're coaching players now compared to what you had to deal with as a player? Yeah, I mean, uh, the associate world is always very challenging because, um, uh, I mean, now actually, um, uh, nowadays you have actually a set uh, um, calendar uh, for, for, you know, to see. I mean, it's not only qualifiers or, or division games. There, there are enough uh, cricket happening, at least for the top seven countries. Um, but uh, those days is very hard. Like, you know, we, you had one, once a year, you have a tournament and then you, it's a must win tournament. You have to get through and, and it's, it's not easy. And especially mental side of the uh, uh, players was like, uh, there are players, I mean, I was fortunate that even though that one month period that I was outside and uh, so few of the tours that I went, I was able to keep my job when I came, came back. But uh, there are many players at that time I have seen they, they basically have to leave the job because, you know, nobody knows about the cricket and you you could leave for more than, you know, a couple of weeks, more than you're supposed to uh, have leave. You are basically out of the job. And then you, when you come back, you have to find another job. So um, life is not easy in, 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 in North America. And uh, I'm sure still uh, some of the U.S. players going through this thing, even though there's a lot of cricket happening and, and, and things are getting better, but still uh there's a lot of uncertainty uh, for for any cricketer in, in north north america um and 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 you know that this game is all about like you know you get all these things when you are performing and when, when you're not performing when you have a bad patch uh, uh, you know you lose a lot so um but 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 right now i think uh, uh slowly has the the associate cricket has developed into a, a setup where uh, the, the funds are coming through and the players are, most of the team, team's players are, uh, they need to be uh, contracted because uh, you have to practice like, you know, 365 days. You have to, you know, uh, do everything like uh, properly, like a full member country player, or even though, you know, you don't get that much of money. Uh, but it's, it's, it, it's been, the secretary has been given now, at least like, you know, for the most of the countries where, you they play the, this as a uh, your first job you you train and you play and at least you can you you have you make some money for your for the month so uh, that's been the biggest change that i see from those days to now you take on your first gig as a coach in the associate world just after the 2007 world cup that canada played and you said you had um, given up on trying to balance work and playing, but then a coaching opportunity comes along, which pays a hell of a lot better than playing cricket does. So you become coach of Canada, knowing full well what the challenges are like trying to coach players in Canada, because you were one yourself. What was the biggest challenge and, and biggest thing that I guess you needed to convince yourself in terms of why coaching Canada and coaching an associate cricket in general was worthwhile in, in spite of all the challenges that are there for an associate player or an associate coach? Uh, like uh, when I've been offered for this job uh, by the that time president Ben Senek uh, from Cricket Canada, I, I, I sat down with my wife and we, it was a big decision for me to take because I, I'm, I was, like you said before, I was working for a Toronto Cricket and Skating Club and it was a very good job, and you know, basically, it's a it's a job that I you can do do it until you retire, and very stable working environment. 
so it, it, it so I I had to take a bit of risk if I had to come out from there and take another job. So uh, I mean I, I signed for two years. Uh, I mean the 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 the, the job I of got, got the offered from the Cricket Canada was for two years. So uh, I was waving like you know uh, the uh, thing where uh, is it um, worth to get out and have take that risk for two years or or whether I shouldn't take it and 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 stay and work like you know for Toronto club um, but then again like you know I came up with saying saying that I mean thinking that the cricket is my passion and if I can build my career as a coach um, I, would, I would I would be the, the the most luckiest person so I just took that uh, opportunity uh, so I, I left uh, Toronto Cricket Club, and um, the biggest challenge that I have is was like uh, the, from 2007 uh, World Cup uh, in Caribbean. Uh, after that World Cup, in, in, uh, about 80% of the players, I would say, 70-80% of the players, was retired, and uh, and the challenge that the Cricket Canada had was to how you're going to qualify again in 2009. Uh, to 2011 qualifier, I mean the World Cup, you've got to basically build a brand new team. Um, so that was a challenge that uh, actually the, the then president gave me and he said just like, uh, do what you need to do, uh, we need to qualify in 2009. So yeah, I had two years and there's a lot of, again, like like I do wherever I go at the initial uh, days, like did a lot of experiments and, and uh, Came up with some good plans, and those plans were good enough to help Canada qualify and get your contract extended. So you qualify for the World Cup in South Africa in 2009 to get to India, and the rest of the subcontinent in 2011, and you lead the team to the World Cup, and then you leave, take a bit of a break, then the Nepal job comes up, and we've talked before about the differences in terms of what the cricket culture is like in. Canada versus Nepal. What appealed most to you prior to coming to Nepal to convince you that that was going to be a good opportunity for you? Um, it's it's always been challenge, challenging because at that 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 time also I was fully settled down in Canada and and leaving the family and going into another country. It was. Um, uh, not easy because I, I don't want my family to move anywhere because kids are started going school, wife started working, so they are they are settled down and I, it was not easy that they can travel with me anywhere. Um, so when 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 the uh, president of uh, Cricket Association of Nepal at that time, Mr. Vinay Raj Pandey, offered me during the World Cup actually in 2011 World Cup uh, when we were in India. I got an email from him and asked. He asked me whether I'm interested to uh, come to Nepal, and then I actually said, "Okay, I'll come for six months because they were they were uh, there was an Asian qualifier, T20 qualifier, and then and then there was a uh, T20 World Cup qualifier in Dubai um, within the six months for six months. Uh, so I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll I'll try and see whether I can you know be there for six months." That's how we start. That, that's how we, everything started. And um, I, I don't want to be longer, but I thought, okay, just six months, I'll do it and come back. And 
that's not the that's not what basically didn't, uh, it happened is this i got stuck there for five years <laughs> Today's episode of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast presented by Dream Cricket is also sponsored by Musa Cricket Stadium, the first and original turf wicket facility in the state of Texas, and now one of the premier venues for the minor league cricket T20 franchise tournament. Located at 5515 McKeever Road in Pearland, five miles off the Bailey Road exit from State Route 288 and a half hour south of downtown Houston, Musa Cricket Stadium includes fully enclosed locker rooms and change rooms plus shower facilities after a day's play, as well as outdoor nets for all your training needs. For more information, call 7 713-534-2195 at Musa Cricket Stadium in Pearland, Texas. So take us through how did six months turn into five years? Was it a continually incremental, incremental thing that you had to this kind of tug of war back and forth with your your family and the, your personal life considerations trying to tug you back to Canada versus the on-field accomplishments and continued progression of the players on field in Nepal or did they offer you a a longer term commitment to get you to stay and achieve the things that you eventually wound up doing yeah and and I'm sure the the cricket association of Nepal also didn't have long-term plans with me they they won't be Nepal never been a like a good t20 side they were always good on the 50 overs and um, first time like you know we we were able to get to the Asian qualifier here, uh, played in Nepal, um, and that was a tough tournament. We we had we had to beat one of the top teams, uh, so we, we beat uh, UAE in that time, like you know, to qualify. And then we the the, the in in about four months' time, we had uh, uh, we had the call, uh, main qualifier in uh, in uh, Dubai, uh, and then the, that's the first time that um, uh, Nepal participated in in that level. In a, in, a, in especially in the T20 version, and uh, there were six teams going to the World Cup, and uh, Nepal finished on the seventh place. Uh, and never expected to be uh, in that in that place. Uh, so there was a lot of hype came up for Nepal cricket for T20, and uh, the players started playing a bit of different cricket, uh, uh, aggressive cricket. Uh, I just wanted to be for, for them to be like that because because especially for because of T20, and then uh, the cricket association offered me for two years, two year contract, and um, again like you know I I just had to make t- some tough decisions and and my my wife's family actually moved to Canada and then uh, they got a bit settled down there with with a bigger family so I was because of that actually I was able to. Uh, stay a bit uh, longer in outside and do my work. Uh, so everything actually worked out pretty well. So it just uh, started like that and, and kept going. The moment that Sharad Visakhar hits the winning six in the UAE to get Nepal to the first World Cup that was going to be in Bangladesh a few months later, take us through that moment and what you were experiencing from the bench um so so that that's also like you know to a very, very different scenario where um uh, so once like we finished on the seventh 2012 we finished uh, at the seventh spot and and uh, came back and um, and we were so adamant to you know the, we we knew that the next qualifier coming in on on the 2000, in 2013 
so we had good preparation. We got ready for that and did a lot of hard work um, uh, back home. Uh, and um, there are many, many um, memorable time periods we went through in that qualifier. The first was we know, we know that um, for us to get into the top four in the group to go to the second round, we had to beat one, one of the top teams. Like uh, we had uh, teams like um, Scotland, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Scotland um, and uh, Afghanistan in our group uh, and um, Kenya, PNG, like there are some top, top teams. We were, we, Nepal was new to that level. And, um, and then one game against Kenya, Kenya actually batted first and smashed us and they got 182 and Nepal never had scored that many runs in a, in a T20. So, um, but the, the hard work that we did, we, as a group, we believe that we can push one great game, one main game so that we can go to the next round. And in that game, um, we were chasing and, uh, and uh, the last over came to 18 runs to get in, to win. Uh, Sarad was batting uh, and, um, and he, in, in the uh, Dubai Cricket Academy, uh, Global Academy, and Sarat hit first three balls, he hits three sixes. That's where, like, you know, we, we got the, you know, we got the confidence and Sarat got the confidence as well. Uh, so we won that game and then we, we, we know that we were in the top, top. we actually finished uh, third place so that we, we had two chances to uh, qualify in the second round. Uh, and then the, we, we played the, the, uh, the, against Hong Kong uh, in the first, ga first game and, uh, we chased down again. Sarat came into place, and uh, last over we had um, uh, twelve to get, if I'm not mistaken, around twelve runs to win. And uh, Sarat got, first ball he hit a six, second ball hit a four, and and we got through the line. And that's where the everything happened, you know, going into the World Cup. But what was it like for you as coach watching that, experiencing the emotions? Obviously, different from what the players are experiencing. What, take us through that that sequence for you. I guess the Kenya sequence. You said Rocket Patel scored a century in that game, and then it was Sharad finished it twenty three, not out of six balls, including those three sixes. But Paris Kotka had an unbeaten half century as well. Subash Kakarel scored a fifty four at the top of the chase to get the chase going in the right direction. Um, so there, there were a couple heroes obviously who emerged but yeah if you take us through the the three sixes that he hit against kenya and then that that final over against hong kong for you as a coach watching it what are the emotions that are going through mind through through your mind as these moments are happening oh, one of one of the more, most enjoyable factor for, for me as a coach was uh, like i i just start, put put these guys to believe that they can do, you know, uh, lots of things, and 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 then with the talent that they have, and um, uh, e even in training that we had in in Kathmandu, there are many times that we set up a target for 180, 160, 170, and we chase down, and we never scored that. Like in our batting group, never was even the 160 targets. We never able to chase down in in, in even with our own bowling. We were short of five runs. We were short of two runs. Like uh, every time that when I put up a match scenario. But what happened was actually the, the guys start believing that two runs there, five runs there, is not a big big difference. We would have got in that one over here, one over there, 
we would have that batting well in somewhere in the middle would have been the difference for that five five runs difference. Um, so that the, the whole team had got that belief, and 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 one thing that um, I was able to work on on in the, in that group was the, the to to have that belief that we belongs into in in that level. It's just that like you know we this T20 cricket or or the or the international cricket is all about like you know you keep doing the right things to the end, believe in that uh, uh, that we you can you can cross the line uh, at the end. And um, I, I'm for me as a coach, I'm very fortunate, I would say, and personally satisfied satisfied like you know to see how this that group grow, grow was growing. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't have to mention too much about the characters like Paras and and Ganendra and and Shakti Gaushan Basant. There's uh, Subhash Kakrel. Like there's basically the whole team. They they, they everything that. I've been asked to do, for them to do. They were just training hard. They were doing the right thing, and they they believe that that they can do this. So they, that's that's the main reason that we were able to cross some hard lines. Um, uh, and as as a coach, like you know, it's, it's very enjoyable. Do you have those experiences? And you go to the World Cup, and um, one of the I guess memorable moments of the World Cup is uh, when Shakti Gauchan went on his wicket-taking spree in the World Cup in that Hong Kong game when you bowled him out for 69, has that incredible sequence where he just rips through the middle order and starts running off like a crazy man celebrating. What do you remember most about the World Cup experience itself that was different or more gratifying than qualifying for the World Cup? There, there are a couple of things. That one thing is that um, uh, before the World Cup, we, we went to Dubai. The, actually, the all four associate countries who got selected. We had a camp in, in the in the Global Academy, and um, one day when we were training, one of the the ICC ICC official came to my training and and asked me that. Um, uh, are you sure this team will compete in the in the World Cup? Um, because like you know, these all games are shown in TV, and and um, the, you know it's three hours, three and a half hours, you know, TV time. You don't want to finish a game in one hour or two hours, like uh, you know, lose badly. And and also like you know, uh, like you know, the the Afghanistan they were supporting the Afghanistan team to go through in that uh, in that in our group. So they don't want uh, for us to lose badly to other teams and and put other other teams' um, net run rates high. Uh, so I just want I just answered with the one line I said like you will be surprised how these guys are going to do. That's all I answered to them. Um, and uh, and um, that's one one challenge that I it was in my mind. And the other was that um, uh, we as a Nepal as a Asian country. Um, we um, play Afghanistan many times because of the Asian tournaments, and uh, Nepal always come close and and lose games to Afghanistan. And uh, there was a, there was my personal uh, goal was like I just want to beat one you know one time at least uh, before I leave Nepal. I just want to beat Afghanistan. Um, and uh, and uh, one of the things that um, we as a playing group was remembered was uh, when when Afghanistan came to Nepal one time um, 
uh, that time Nabi was a captain and uh, there was some program happened outside the Kathmandu and um, and, uh, and Nabi was interviewed in that uh, program and uh, some one kid asked uh, a question from uh, Nabi Nabi that uh, uh, will uh, will ever Nepal beat Afghanistan and the Nabi's, Nabi's answer was that not in my, not in my lifetime. Um, so I think the playing group was hit by the, those little things, and um, so we were so determined, like you know, to to do well. Uh, and uh, I think we were we prepared pretty well. And uh, and Afghanistan was a like if you ask my memory memories in in world in the World Cup, Afghanistan is one of the the best quality game that we have played. Uh, me as, as, a, as a head coach, like, you know, the team, um, uh, no, no extras, no, no balls, no wides, not even buys or leg buys in that game. Uh, ball very well. And <clears throat> as you know, the, the batting was not the best. Uh, batting was never been a strength of Nepal at that time. Um, but we got enough, we put enough runs on the board uh, uh, to, to give a game and then ball perfectly. And 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 won that game. And uh, I mean, of course, the the characters like like uh, characters like Shakti Gauchan, or whether you call it Paras, like anything on there around him, around Paras, he didn't let anybody anybody catch the ball. He was even going running from mid off to mid on and taking the catches because we were so adamant to win that game. We we don't want we, we uh, the, the leaders in that team made sure that they never they they, they don't want to do any mistakes. They don't want to leave any regrets uh, on that day. So played very hard cricket and quality cricket and, and beat a top, top Afghanistan team and um, ended up in uh, tying the points with uh, Bangladesh. And just because that Afghanistan played a poor cricket in, against Bangladesh in that tournament, we, uh, the Bangladesh, Bangladesh had better interrupted than us. So that was my answer for, for the ICC official who, are, who, who questioned me. Yeah. so. That was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a great time for Nepal cricket in the 2014 era. You left not long after, though, and had some time away before taking the U.S. job. Now, U.S., in terms of the cricket culture, it's not altogether different from Canadian cricket culture. So you would have been aware of some of the challenges involved in terms of the politics and just the cultural dynamics what was the thing that drew you most to the job in spite of some of the challenges that there are? Um, yeah, I mean, like uh, I was fully aware of, of about the, the, the USA team because that we were the, Nepal was opponents for many tournaments in, against USA. And so I, was, I knew that team, but, but um, um, I until I go into US setup, I didn't know that much history inside. Um, but one one good confidence that I had was like you know since that I, ICC was basically uh, controlling that time, uh, so I had the full backup. And they once I was hired and they asked me my plans and they were basically blindly helped like supported my plans. And uh, like I I always do wherever I go to a new place. I don't want to uh, shuffle too many things. I, I want to see first whatever it's there and, and move forward and see whether we can move forward with, with the current setups. Uh, we, I, I did the same um, uh, and, and actually, you know, we won the division four 
in Los Angeles, uh, you know, first time. But even though I, I knew that there, there are lots of things to be changed, uh, but um, you cannot do that as soon as you go into a new place. So I, I gave time. But for your question, like, you know, coming back to uh, USA, it was kind of a, a very satisfactory, satisfactory for me because I'm coming back to home, actually. I was, I'm, I'm actually was uh, given permission to operate from my home. So I, I stay in home and I come back to US and do my work and then go back again after a few days home. So uh, that was like really helped me, helped me to, to you know, spend time with my family. Uh, so that was, that's one of the reason, main reason that I, I, I took that job. Uh, but uh, I, I knew that I, I, I need to do lots of changes uh, um, to the system uh, if if USA wants to become an ODI country, so yeah, it was a it was a it, it was a, a cha very challenging path and totally different from what I had in Nepal. Now, it wasn't all smooth sailing, like you said. There are a lot of challenges. You win that first tournament in 2016, but then you go to Uganda in 2017, and you almost wind up getting relegated. There are a lot of things that happened on the tour. The Singapore match was, I thought, a huge huge missed opportunity. At one point, I remember even at the innings break, you were talking about oh. We were going to shoot for a 300 plus score. And even though we, we got bowled out early, hey, we still got plenty of runs on the board, but it's a flat wicket. Steven Taylor in that game, I thought Steven Taylor was going to score a double hundred in that game, the way he started off batting. The, the wicket was so flat and he was batting so well. And you guys went from looking like posting 350, 360 to getting bowled out. And I think the 44th over and then Singapore chased it because it was a very flat wicket. As a consequence of that, you and then the Canada loss very nearly come close to relegation. But you rally back on the final day against Uganda with a very dramatic victory in the, in the waning overs to avoid relegation, which would have been catastrophic. But still, the events of that tour and, and not being able to get promoted, it exposed some flaws in terms of the team setup. What did you see over the course of that tour that woke you up to the fact that you needed to make a bunch of changes, not, not least to do with uh, the captaincy and, and going from Stephen Taylor to Abraham Khalil and a, a whole lot of other changes as well. Um, yeah, I, I think like, you know, I mean, like, like I said, like, even though we, we won the Division 4 in, in Los Angeles earlier earlier year uh, in 2016, um, I was not, uh, I know that these are the not, these things are not the right things to do uh, moving forward. But um, after winning a tournament, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, jump in and and do changes and and uh, so I, I let it happen and I, I I thought that I'm going to work hard with the current system and and see whether I can you know with the staying in that system and 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 correcting it or, or putting into the right direction uh, that that's what my initial thoughts and and um, uh, we went to Uganda and and uh, and uh, nothing went really our way uh, even though it, it was a very good team. It just showed that, like you know, if you're not playing as a, as a, as one group, uh, one unit, uh, uh, you know, things can go wrong any any day. So, um, and after that tournament, uh, I, I thought that that was my opportunity to turn around things, and and uh, and I was so uh, clear what I want to do, and in and took some took few risks, like you know, uh, change the captaincy, change the change, uh, uh, like you know, some of the players. Uh, who 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 were who were playing there for a, for a while, and they they thought that they never can be touched uh, uh, because of some you know the performance in the, in their past performance and history, 
it was not easy it was it, it was not easy decision but uh, uh, i think uh, one by one we we clear clear things and and put the right right block, blocks in place and uh, i think that's a i mean it it, it was not just a uh, like a one or two months work it's i think uh, uh, every every tour like you know if you're talking about the the regional qualifiers uh, t20 qualifiers or or super 50 tournaments that we had Two, 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 two Super 50 tournaments we played, and then um, tour to Oman that we had. Uh, all these tournaments were used to build one one block at a time and 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 and, go, and clean up all the unnecessary things and 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 I mean, got 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 everything into the right direction. Part of that process, you you talked about building blocks. Part of that process and building things up, there was also also some tearing down at points too. So in North Carolina leading up to the division three revisit tour in Oman, following up the division three in Uganda. So the team goes to North Carolina, they have the T20 World Cup qualifier, they go five and one in that there was the super over loss to Canada. And then the very dramatic win over Canada a few days later where Stephen Taylor hits 22 off the final over. But I think one of the stories hidden from the public that the public might not be aware of, but it's kind of a poorly kept secret within the US cricket fraternity in terms of the players in the national team group that went over Canada there were not really too many celebrations and either that night or the next day there was a team meeting where I'd say team meeting seven players in the squad called a meeting with you and basically it looked like there was going to be a mutiny where they were revolting against Ibrahim Khalil as captain and they made it abundantly clear they did not want to play under him as captain anymore and that was a huge turning point in U.S. cricket and the, the course of the journey over the next couple months. Now, you had publicly pledged your backing to Ibrahim Khalil prior to that on other occasions. But the fact that there were a couple of factors. He was in poor form. His batting form was not good. Separate to that, the fact that you had basically the majority of the squad coming to you personally to say, we're not playing under this guy, even if we just won this game. We don't want to play under him going forward. Did you feel that if you backed Khalil, you were risking the team revolting against you as well, or was there some other factor besides his own form that led you to ultimately take the decision to say, we have to remove him as captain and take him out of the squad? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot, lot that I haven't talked uh, in public about this. Um, I'm glad you asked about this. Like, I mean, uh, to be honest, like, um, um, I, I just had to say some things about Ibrahim. Like, you know, he's one of the best captains that I have gone through. I mean, I'm, of course, Paras is up there with anyone in associate cricket. But uh, it, the the biggest issues that I had at the beginning of um, uh, USA, like, you know, I mean, for, for, for you you to do, to win these do or die tournaments where, like, in five games, you had to qualify, you had to come be in top two, you know, in associate cricket, you, you had to have a good uh, captain, especially the the tactical side. Um, I mean, I, I can say Ibrahim is up there with anybody. Um, he's, he's top captain. He knows what to do, the bowling changes to field settings to uh, all these little game plans that we talked about. He's, he's, a, he's a guy who will go and execute that perfectly on the field. Um, so once I saw him, I, th I, I thought that this is the guy who can, you know, drive this team to, to the next level. But, but uh, you know, the U USA cricket is, is totally different from whether it's South Asia or even in, uh, I, I like even in other uh, test playing nations like 
the, the North American system is like where you we have to respect everybody, whether they are top players or whether they are average players or whether they are not doing what we wanted to do. Um, there always has to be a balance how you handle them, and and it's all about how you how 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 you get the best out of each individual differently. Um, the, the, so one part Ibrahim was lacking was like you know that the, the relationship that he with the, with the other 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 you know player, main players in, in that group, and he always had Ibrahim always had my backing. I mean he, I was blindly supporting him because I thought that he's the he his captaincy can take into the next level. And but uh, but I I was actually working with him closely to develop the uh, the other side of it where you know how to you know build this relationship with these main players and how to you know keep them happy and you know uh, the, and the respect to each other and all this stuff like uh, I, I was working very close to, to him and um, and then uh, with all these things like you know in in North Carolina. Uh, when the when the when this group of players, especially the main guys, came came to me and and complained that uh, some of these things has to change, it's not that I I I, I me and the ICC uh, officials there took a just a one one time like uh, straight decision. Is just that we put back to all these things to Ibrahim and we were trying to correct things and because it was a risk. Whatever we do, it's going to be a risk. Like because two months time. We build all these teams into the you know, and, and you have a, another do or die tournament in 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 Namibia, so we cannot have big changes. Uh, but but uh, some of the things that we couldn't get, bring it to the same table, um, with the same uh, in the group. So so then I, I had to weigh weigh out um, and see what work what's going to work to the future. So. Uh, in that one night, uh, it was it, it was not an easy decision to take. But uh, in in that one night, we took the, took the decision, saying that we need to change the captain, and the captain needs to be a, some guy who can uh, build that relationships and and uh, you know keep these these guys together. Uh, and then we we did that change right 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 there with the on in that tournament. But uh, that also was not wasn't planned. Uh, I mean wasn't uh, really happening that overnight actually uh, the last game that actually uh, I, I uh, beginning of the tournament I, I proposed uh, Ibrahim also like let's give uh, Surab a captaincy last game just to keep him ready as well moving forward so that that just happened before that and and then right away we gave it to Surab uh, to take over in uh, the, the final game of that tournament and and he, he has to continue from there. Were you blindsided by the by all these players coming to you in the manner that they did, or did you see things kind of bubbling under the surface leading up to that moment? Um, I, these things have I, is are not new to me. I mean, in in my earlier jobs also, I have I have seen players coming against the captain, the leadership, or anything regarding about like you know the board or anything. Uh, but I, I will only support if the things are I mean if the if the if the complaints or the or the Things that they they bring up is, is if it, if I see that the, these things are right, I support them. If we, if it if I if I see that these things are not right, I will not support them, regardless of if you have everybody on the other side. Uh, but that that night, um, uh, the things that um, that playing group brought brought in brought it in. Uh, I mean, those are very uh, clear things where I, I had to expect expect accept those things uh, because they they had some valid points. 
can you discuss, are you able to discuss what those valid points were for people who, who are not aware? I mean, the, the main, main, main points are like, if I had to say one or two things, main points are the, the, the respect to uh, individuals. I mean, uh, you can, respect can, can be described in different ways, but, uh, I, um, but uh, I, I feel that, um, you know, to be fair with uh, Ibrahim also, like, you know, I mean, I don't think that he meant anything wrong to anyone. He was do just doing his job. Uh, but the, but the, the culture that we have in North America, people expect more, like, you know, when it comes to respect and, and, uh, and uh, other things. So, um, uh, so some of the things happening on the field, off the field, uh, the, the players were not happy. Uh, I mean, I, I also, as a coach, I, I strongly believe that I, I, I need to keep every player happy, you know, not doing anything wrong things, but uh, if they're giving 100% on the field, I want them to be satisfied with things that we off the field. Like I'm, I'm a person who always fight with every board that I've been uh, worked with for the financial. Like I, I would like to get the players get more, more money, um, more support, um, um, just to like you know to 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 keep them uh, working hard, not, not not nothing else. Like you know, it's just that. Uh, uh, if they're giving 200% full-time, uh, I, I also would like to give them back something for them to, you know, be happy for, for their work. Uh, if, so that, that's actually my way of handling players. And, and, um, and uh, when, when, when we lost us, uh, respect here and there, and when we, when you don't have that relationship, uh, uh, I don't think that even my theories can work in, in, in those, in, 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 in those, uh, uh, atmosphere. Um, so uh, nothing was easy, and uh, I, I still feel bad for uh, Ibrahim because um, uh, he would have contributed more lot to USA cricket, uh, even as a captain or even uh, outside of the field, like you know, in the administration side. He's he's, he's very very knowledgeable about the game, but uh, but those decisions were just to. Uh, uh, do the right thing at, at that time and 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 to move forward the uh, USA cricket in the right direction and it wasn't just taking him out of the captaincy he was gone from the squad altogether so you guys made a clean break then that next tour in terms of the ICC tour you went to Oman so in between Khalil being access captain you went to the super 50 tournament and that's where Aaron Jones and Hayden Walsh were more or less discovered. You knew about Hayden Walsh a little bit before then, but Aaron Jones was discovered. And then those two guys get brought into the team. Just the, the transition from the, the North Carolina to Oman, would you say it was a clean break? Or was there, uh, and, and the team immediately, as soon as Khalil was gone, all of a sudden the players started playing with more freedom and, and they were more relaxed and more comfortable. And that helped bring out some of the performances that the team's produced in Oman or was there something else along the way that helped that transition happen in order to get the results out of them that they did? Um, it, it worked really, really into, into uh, a positive way because um, uh, once, the, once the team administration uh, supported this uh, cause and, and the players actually like, you know, they, they say seven, eight players basically the whole main main team, like main players, um, they were they were obligated also to 
to give it back because we gave him we gave them what but what, what we want uh, what what they want they they so they automatically the, the, there's a system uh, created like you know they are playing hard cricket they are giving everything to the team um and things basically um settled down in the team uh and 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 started working uh, the way we want um it was a it, that was I, I would say that was the time actually even though in the ibrahim like ibrahim's time period we were slowly changing a lot of even the the cultural stuff the team rules and you know that uh, uh, bonding uh, the things actually automatically clicked as, as soon as and uh, as soon as ibrahim left uh, not because that I, I i as a as a coach i don't see i don't think that he has he has a lot he has a lot wrong doings to contribute to this but actually because of the play, the, the, the 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 seven eight players who got together and they actually putting extra effort to get things, get the job done basically so that really worked uh, towards the positive side of the team and also the, the addition also is significant of Aaron Jones, Cade Walsh Jr. They were hugely influential on in their performances in Oman and then also Namibia. And then Kareem Agor, who was the next player beyond that, that emerged helping USA and Namibia. So that, that final tour, you've come all that way. You got one more hurdle to get to ODI status. The game against Namibia in particular is the most memorable game from that tour. It goes down to the final over in USA wins it with the uh, last wicket run out, Sarvnetra Volker. Everything that had been building up to that over the course of the two and a half, three years you'd been in the role to that point to get to ODI status. Again, take us through, just like I asked you before about Nepal, qualify, essentially qualifying for ODI status, uh, if, if there is um, a, a lack of a better way of putting it, to get that victory over Namibia and then steamrolling Papua New Guinea and then clinching it with the win over Hong Kong, even though it was a pretty clear cut win over Hong Kong, but just seeing once, once the, the final wicket was taken, looking over to the dugout and seeing the way you guys reacted, just take us through the emotions of, of that event and the peak of that moment happening after the hard work that you'd put in for the two and a half years prior and what it meant to you. Um, like, uh, one of the, one of the main things that was in my mind was like, um, uh, coming from Nepal also and taking the USA job, seeing how Nepal, uh, the culture and and the hunger, hunger, hungry to win games, um, uh, the way that they play as a team at that time, uh, I I really wanted USA to be in that level and um, and going visiting um, the the Olympic Center in Colorado for a couple of times, like you know looking at these other sports how they. Uh, do things, you know, when, when you're entering there, there are like, you know, some video shows there and, and you have goosebumps, like, you know, even though you, I was not a, a USA citizen, but uh, it's, it's so much pride in that uh, when you enter that uh, arena and um, uh, the way that they treated their sports and the country and and uh, I, I just thought like, you know, how come the cricket can be different from there? Like, uh, it's a USA national team and why why can't we have this? And that's one one of the things I, I I've been working very hard, like you know, to bring that into USA cricket. Um, I I we we had a lot of th little things that we put in place, like you know, it's only English English speaking. Um, you know, the like we any other sport in USA it doesn't matter what level that they are, they 
their pride when you go as a USA team. And I wanted that USA cricket team also to take, uh, bring that uh, atmosphere. Uh, so uh, even though there is like, you know, Caribbean, Asian, uh, or any other ethnic, like, you know, we play together, but that's a USA team. USA, we need to represent the country. So we did a lot of work behind the work, like, you know, behind the doors. Uh, to bring that culture into the team, we 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 took them into this U.S. U.S. Army uh, uh, barracks, and you know there are many little programs that we did to bring that up. And they were they we were in the right track. I I, I have to say that we we were in that right track, like you know, uh, to be be a, any any sport in USA. We were uh, like you know we were getting close to that atmosphere, and and uh, and everything that uh, I have done was like I, I would say. I'm happy that like, you know, it went through very well planned. A um, lot of credit to the people like um, uh, Tom and uh, Wade and, and Eric and all these guys who just blindly supported my, my plans. Um, if, you, if I had to recall a few things, like uh, uh, there was a rumor that they are, they are going to have a division three in uh, Oman and nobody knows about it. And I, there was some, some funds left uh, after the Audi Cup we played in Canada. There were some funds left, and and Tom asked me, "Do you need anything to do?" I said, "Like, can we go to Oman and play a series, uh, just to get the conditions?" And it happened. And we were we were before going into Division Three there, the, maybe the only team who had visited Om Oman before was was USA. And we we got uh, even though the the there was a team different team was fifty percent maybe more than fifty percent was different. But still, we I had the I, I got the feeling in you Oman and and some of the players was able to play in, the, in those conditions. Uh, the same thing that we played uh, in 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 UA uh, for about close to about month to uh, that was targeted for the T20 World Cup qualifier uh, just to get those conditions. I mean, one is that we are preparing for the uh, Namibia tour, but at the same time we want to get more get used to the more conditions for for Dubai because we were not, we know that the the World Cup qualifier is coming in in Dubai, uh, so there's a lot of good plans and and the Super 50 both tournaments actually actually really helped us to build the the quality. Got confidence beating some good team good good teams in in that uh, Super 50. I think uh, every year uh, the team was improving. The Super Super 50. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I left in an unexpected time, but uh, um, I'm looking when I when I look back, uh, um, I, I'm very happy the, for the, those three years, uh, the the work that I was able to do. Leaving unexpected and just leaving in the manner that you did, I, I thought it was it was such a a sad occasion, literally just the standpoint that USA had achieved something great, get ODI status, and then you were sent off, and and there was really there wasn't a proper thing that was done in terms of really recognizing your achievements and what your contributions, because the day you eventually left, you, you were in Canada, it was during the under 19 world cup qualifier. So I was there commentating and you were there on one of the outfields in uh, King city and the world cup, the men's world cup is going on in England. It was a very just bizarre scene where you had done so many wonderful things. And yet here was this moment where you were, resigned but essentially you were forced out and you were all alone there was nobody there to thank you there was nobody there to to recognize you really uh which i just thought was was really unfortunate way for you to go out and i remember seeing you there and talking to you 
you were very gracious enough to give me some time uh, to speak with you at the interview. And you had your sunglasses on. I could see your, there were tears coming down your cheek. You were, this was really devastating for you at the time. And as, as it should have been, the way you went out, I thought was, was really, um, the way you were treated was very poor considering everything that you had done. The way that it happened though, the way that the board kind of really just interfered with the national team affairs in a way that shouldn't have been allowed to happen for, they want, they made it clear they wanted their own guys. Whether it didn't matter if you had lost in Namibia or you had won in Namibia, they decided we want our own guy. Doesn't matter the result. And the fact that you won made it harder. But to bring in Kieran Mori, again, not on a three year contract, but a three month contract, which then blew up in their face. Um, but just to kind of push you aside and not have, for lack of a better way of putting it, to not have fans cheering you or to giving you a proper send off. And everything else, the way that it unfolded after you had gone, helped USA to get ODI status. And I could see firsthand how much it, it really cut into you. What was the thing that disappointed you most about the way and the manner and how you were pushed to the point where it was basically you were going to be pushed off the plank or you you jump yourself? I, I think like, you know, I mean, as a, as a person, as, my, as in my coaching career, uh, I expect all this time. I mean, I this. I mean, the higher you go, you have more chance to get fired in these coaching jobs. That, that's uh, that's the fact. <laughs> um, and and uh, so that, that those things are I'm 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 fine. But but um, uh, there are a lot of lot of things that uh, uh, touch my heart. Was like you know, I, I wanted USA to be in the right track. I, I know that uh, if I had another six months, six months, one year, uh, the 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 Things that I have started, I, I would have I would have able to put that, that that never that culture that never would have gone back backwards. I I, I miss that part and, and 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 to be honest, the other big bigger thing is like you know, lots of people think that uh, you know you when you play a tournament and you just go and play and put a good team and you can go and win and and that's it. Um, uh, associate cricket is not like that. It's not like uh, full member cricket where you have a first class system, we have cricket happening, you have junior cricket, you have pathways, and you know who's coming in, the, in that system. You know if somebody's not informed who to replace because you have cricket in the country. Associate cricket is not, not like that. Or associate cricket is like uh, no team in, in associate cricket has a uh, good domestic structure. Uh, the, we have to go with like uh, strong decisions and finding the you know until 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 a, uh, a country set up that structure you need you need to you know do lots of things different way um, and and that's the space that's the pace that um, USA cricket went through at that time and and uh, sad part is that um, um, many people not I would I would I, I can't even say many people I except for that playing group. I don't think no one will ever know the, the things that uh, we went through in that period. Uh, maybe you, you, you may be one of the person who uh, witnessed uh, maybe from outside that group uh, the most. Yeah, it's an it's a excellent point. I mean, just it's a very unique experience in associate cricket, especially in a country like the USA, where in a lot of places, with the exception of maybe North Carolina and you know, 2,000, 3,000 people show up, most of the special experiences you have, you're not experienced your greatest successes with thousands of fans cheering you on 
they're happening in uh, very anonymous circumstances and anonymous places. And winning against Hong Kong is a perfect example of that the moment that USA achieved ODI status, there weren't thousands of fans cheering on. It was a very kind of anonymous day in Winhook, where outside of the fact that Eric uh, Parton and, and Wade Edwards were there, outside of the playing squad, there was nobody there to cheer you on or, or celebrate. Yeah, you might be getting WhatsApp messages and text messages and Facebook notes of, of thanks and other DMs, whatever, but that doesn't give you the same sense of uh, fulfillment in a lot of ways that viscerally you get by experiencing it in front of fans. I just, I just think, like you said, it's a, it's a great point. Unless you were one of the players or part of the coaching staff, it's really hard to appreciate all the challenges and, and, and things that went on. Yeah, and to add into that, it's just like you know some of the the, the creative things that we we do. Like, uh, I mean, we ne- we never had money to bring a bring a squad to uh, one place too many times. Like, you know, he. I had to go around, or we have you know programs individually. So uh, two in three, three guys in uh, New Jersey, one, two guys in New York, or uh, f- three, four guys in California, Los Angeles, like you know, uh, two, three guys in Houston. Like um, we are, we have been create, we have been creative many ways to get the job done, and and then we were the, the we fought like you know to get sports in the CPL. Uh, the, the GD20 Canada, even some some you know some other guys to go and play cricket in Sri Lanka, wherever it is. Like we were just being creative to you know uh, get the get things rolling to to you know to build up that team and uh, and so sometimes when you are doing these things, you don't know sometimes who's your best players also because when it comes to the next level, some perform and some don't, even though you are talented. Um, and and you must have witnessed like where we started in 2016. I don't think except for one or two players didn't didn't um, survive in the in the 2019 when I left. Uh, it's a totally different team. So uh, we, we were basically building building the blocks and uh, uh, but it's enjoyable as as a, as a coach. And if you talk about my career, uh, I, I I think it's a fantastic experience. So now we come to uh, Nepal again. You're back with Nepal. The T20 World Cup qualifier is coming up. And I would say you guys are in the group of death. It's not just me who's saying that. There's quite a lot of other people. The way the tournament format is shaken out, you've got a much, much tougher group than the other half of the draw. You're in there with Oman, Canada, and the Philippines. So I think everybody's expecting the three top teams in that group to, to really beat up on the Philippines. No disrespect to the Philippines. But it means... One really, really good team out of Nepal, Canada, or Oman is going to be left out, not just the World Cup. They won't even get to the semifinals to have a chance to have that one shootout at the World Cup. We know you've already beaten Oman in the build-up to the qualifier as part of the quad series, but you take on a Canada team that you're very familiar with, a lot of the players. And Nepal, who's had a number of changes recently, what do you think your chances are in this event and what's it going to take to get Nepal back to the World Cup for the first time since 2014? Um, uh, so far, I'm, I'm, I'm confident how the preparation came up. And uh, even though I would have preferred a bit more longer time um, uh, with this team, uh, uh, with the short period that I had, uh, almost now, uh, I haven't come. Yeah, it's about two six weeks now with, with this team. Uh, I think shape shape up pretty well, and um, I'm I'm very 
like you know surprise of some of the young talents have come through and the what and the and the batting especially batting department when i left in 2016 and then what i see now um is totally different they they are they are aggressive batting unit and some very good talent uh, so the the full confidence is there and, and even though this uh, quadrangular that we played we we won one and and lost two but all all the all three games i think um uh even though i mean i really like to win games uh, but we were exposed and and we were exposed in a way that uh, uh we we maintain our confidence uh and we know that uh, if we if we do few little things right in coming games uh, uh, we we can beat any good team so full confidence that at the at the moment if you ask me uh the nepal is in the right direction uh to 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 go over this hurdle and then beyond the world cup for people who are not aware because some of these things haven't been publicized too well there's an awful lot of cricket coming up for nepal they've got the tour to uae they've got a tour coming up around may or june to the usa for as part of cricket world cup uh, league two and then also they're going to be touring scotland later in the summer as well for cricket world cup league two matches at the moment, because of the pandemic, Nepal has played the fewest matches out of any team on the seven-team table. They've only played eight matches compared to Oman, who has played 23. So even though Nepal, just by raw numbers, is second to last on eight points, that's partly a function of the fact that they've played the fewest matches out of anybody. So they've got an awful lot of matches to make up, an awful lot of opportunities to make up points. So with all the cricket that's on tap coming up this summer, what excites you the most about the opportunities this team has to improve their position in the table. Um, of course, we I mean the, we had to win these uh, ODI uh, games uh, to 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 climb in that uh, table. I'm not worried about the talent that we have. I'm not worried about the, the ability that we have in this team. It's just that uh, you need a, a professional system around this team um, and um, a, pro a proper training, uh, proper planning, and, and also uh, a good structure with like you know the. The, the trainers, the, the physios, um, uh, all these little things that, uh, that we can build, build around uh, in, into a high-performance environment uh, that will give results in, in, with, with this Nepal team. So uh, the plans are already in place and things are slowly happening and, and Cricket Association in, uh, is very helpful for me, like, you know, to get in these things, little things done. Of course, like, you know, any, any, any time that when you do a bit of changes, you you get challenges. Uh, you you get an opposition here and there within and and, and outside as well. Um, uh, but uh, uh, this is a familiar path for me. I mean, the challenges are there, and uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm confident that we are moving on the right direction to do well in T20, do to do well in 50 over cricket. Coming back to the job to begin with. You knew what you were getting into. You knew that the, a lot of the challenges, again, on and off the field, and especially the political challenges that are, are there with cricket in Nepal, knowing full well what you experienced the first time around. What assurances did you get from board members prior to accepting the job that gave you the confidence that you will be able to do the things you want to achieve without interference and be able to just get the players you want and to put them in the best position to perform? Um, like, um, uh, I did my homework also before expect, accepting this job. 
um and the, and i i think the, the the cricketers association is in the in one of the best places uh, which i have seen them in the last 10 10 12 years uh, and also like you know the the cricket manager the general manager um uh, and, and and the staff like you know uh, i have i have gone through my plans with them and uh, they are very happy and they are very positive of uh, of of the move, of moving forward with with the plans and then some of the challenges challenges that i have within the team also i i think uh, i i uh, to be honest i always have have soft corner for the players when it comes to the uh, the small uh, matters uh, i i want to see i want to see the players uh, being treated well i want to see the players being uh, you know paid well and taken care of like you know well uh, in 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 every angle um and i will not compromise anything uh, for the for that part uh, but at the same time i, I want to see the players uh, who who plays give plays hard and play, play give their heart and soul to the team and and the national team and the national setup uh, um so uh, all these angles i had to you know work differently and uh, and uh, i have you know made my plans how i'm going to get through this like you know different lines into into one line and uh, uh, the support is there for from everybody and that's that's i think the strength that i have at the moment with cricket association of nepal and 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 nepal cricket overall i think everybody's hoping as an associate neutral whether or not they're a fan of nepal seeing the players that nepal has in the world uh, at their disposal sandy blamachane and some of the newer up and coming faces Depend you're saying, Ari, if he plays the way he did in the quad series, like in the qualifier, then he would be one of the most exciting faces to watch in the World Cup itself. And there's so many other players like that who I think will catch the eye in the Nepal squad. If for the few people who may not have been paying attention to Nepal, there are there are some of those people out there. They do exist, but uh, they are a team to watch for sure in the qualifier and beyond. All right, favorite eleven time with Pumbudu Desanayake. Eleven questions, cricket and non-cricket. You ready to rock and roll? Yep. Shoot me. <laughs> All right. Your favorite roommate on any cricket tour? Um, I would say As Asanka Guru Singha in my playing days. Why is he your favorite roommate? Uh, I, I, I think he, he was much senior to me and, and uh, one of the guys who have guided me pretty well uh, in my cricketing career. I try to tailor this to make it somewhat Nepal specific. Your favorite type of Momo? <laughs> I'm, I'm a vegetarian now, so only no option other than the vegetarian momo. Vegetarian momo, and how many vegetarian momos can you down in one sitting? <laughs> uh, not many, not many, and I, I know that uh, uh, the, the the way you eat momo, like you know, you had to put put that in 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 one piece to your mouth, and I'm struggling for that, uh, but I'm I'm trying, I'm trying hard. <laughs> Your favorite thing to do to pass the time on a 12 or 14 hour flight from Canada to get to Nepal? Watching movies. Your favorite cricket grand experience anywhere in the world? Uh, I, I would say the, the cricket, my favorite will be Kokra ground in Nepal. Um, uh, I had a few good memories and, and uh, one of the, the beautiful grounds that I've seen in the world. And hopefully, sooner than later, it'll become an international ground. They do play domestic events there, but hasn't yet played international cricket. But 
people who haven't seen go google pokhara and you'll be stunned at the pictures you can see of the himalayas behind the cricket ground your favorite cricketer of all time um uh, the favorite cricketer there's few uh, but if you ask me at the moment uh, mahila jawadana i mean he's my uh, junior but uh, i admired him as a teammate and 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 as a um a player who, who have achieved a lot to to sri lankan cricket your favorite non cricket athlete of all time it's a tough one um i, I would say uh, nadal uh, the 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 tennis player uh, the physics and and the way that he plays the game i i watch most of his games i know you're you're a non alcoholic so uh a drinker what is your favorite beverage of any kind Yeah, that's still tough. I mean, uh, tea. Anytime tea. Anytime Sri tea. Lankan tea. <laughs> Sri Lankan tea. What is there a specific flavor of Sri Lankan tea that's your go-to choice? Um, I mean, it's a uh, the 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 breakfast tea, the black tea. Um, uh, even here, uh, the in Oman, there's many places uh, uh, available Sri Lankan teas. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that I can drink anytime. your favorite place to eat out on tour away from home until like i mean about two years about two years time now i i'm fully vegetarian but until then i was enjoying the nandus um but now actually once you become a vegetarian uh, um, you know you are you're good with anything uh so if you are a nandos guy what was your go to marinade were you a, a hot medium lemon and herb mango and lime coconut and lemon extra hot what was your preferred spice marinade uh, extra hot very very hot extra hot <laughs> your favorite pizza topping of all time pizza topping um, i mean of course vegetarian and uh, uh, some sometimes like uh, we, we we make uh, i mean we, when we order one thing that i, I always ask uh, the the pineapples to be there in my vegetarian pizza your favorite movie of all time Ah, there's many. Um, the 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 Rocky is one of the things that I keep keep watching. Um, Rocky series, uh, the the three, four, I don't know how many, four, five movies. Well, the original there were five uh, in the original, and then now they keep adding more and more. Then there was Rocky Balboa. Now they've got the Creed movies. Yeah, no, I I like the originals actually with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a it's a as a player and as a coach, there's many. many things that you get you you go through in the, those movies uh, yeah i enjoyed those last but not least your favorite show to binge watch whether that's on netflix amazon prime or hulu disney plus paramount plus or just a dvd box set what's your go to when you've got time to pass whether it's on a plane on a tour at home and you've got hours to kill and you can flick that on and watch it uninterrupted um i'm very poor on series It's like um, my my kids are always shouting at me how come you're not watching this and that i said no i need to i need to see a finish when i see something i need to see a finish then and there otherwise i don't want to wait for some other day to watch the next series uh yeah i'm very poor on series <laughs> do you have do you have a, well, let me ask you this do you have a favorite song or a favorite uh artist of all time No, I mean I can I mean artist actually for sure Celine Dion as the Canadian singer I'm I'm uh, you know there's few songs that I really love. Uh yeah if you ask me number one at, at, with me at the moment for Celine Dion 
Pumita Desanayaka, thank you so much for coming on the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast. I'll give you the final word. Anything else you want to say about your journey in cricket or anything else otherwise that you think fans should know that they might not already know about you? No, I think I think you you covered pretty pretty well. Um, yeah, it's just uh, exciting times um, in my journey uh, at the moment uh, in Oman, uh, getting into these uh, qualifiers, um, uh, enjoying every moment. Uh, that's all I can say at the moment. Well, hopefully the team will qualify for the World Cup so you can keep on enjoying more and more moments. Nepal head coach Pubudu Desanayaka, once again, everybody keep your eyes peeled for their progress through the T20 World Cup qualify that runs starting February 18th in Oman. Thank you, Pubudu, once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Pubudu Desanayaka for coming on the podcast on the eve of Nepal's participation in the first half of the T20 World Cup qualifier. It's been split into two separate tournaments this time around. The first half of that will happen in Oman starting February 18th, and Nepal is in one half of the draw within that Oman qualifier where they'll be taking on Canada, Oman, and Philippines in group play before potentially advancing to a semifinal winner-takes-all spot in the World Cup in Australia later this year and the second half of that eight team qualifier will be in Zimbabwe later this year and USA will be participating in that version of the qualifier. I want to remind everybody if you haven't already done so to get the latest editions of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM and plenty of other podcasting locations. That's it for this episode. I'm Peter Del Pena reminding everybody God bless America, and God bless American cricket.